Hushlings. The following debriefing is sensitive in nature, with discussion and depictions of death from historical events that may be inappropriate for some of our listeners. We encourage those hushlings to listen to some other lighter, hearted debriefings, cryptid chronicles, or declassified discussions within our catalog. Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. We're looking at a uh, live picture from Washington and there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. It would appear that there has been another major explosion, this one in the nation's capital. You are looking at a scene of uh, apparent blast aftermath there is smoke in the air over the Pentagon. We don't know whether this is the result of a bomb or whether it is yet another aircraft that has targeted a um, symbol, the United States power, but there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. Um, this is coming at 9.43 Eastern Time. Greetings, Hushlings. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our shadowy government figure, Slick Frank Sanders. Hey, hey, what's up? Slick Frank Sanders here. Mike, Dave, good evening. Top of the morning. Frank, you're looking extra slicky today. Little drippity drip. <laughs> slick, slick. Slick. He's got his, his all black suit on. Little slouch beanie. Hey, he's looking very slick. Slouch. Wearing some aviators like he's in the final round of the grand poker championships. You already know we got the brand new Nike decades in the back seat of the <laughs> Civic, boy. <laughs> Keep them shits minty clean. Don't fool people. Tell Just let them know you have a Del Sol. Hey, come on. There's nothing wrong with a Del Sol. Nothing wrong with a blacked out, murdered Del Sol. Can you imagine that? Yeah, son. Murder, murder. The Vanta Black Del Sol. You can't even see it. Yeah. You just hear it. Yeah, I tell you, it was the UFO that came down here was playing that loud bass music. It went by about 75 miles an hour. This week, we continue our search at Ground Zero and sift through the debris to uncover the truths of the deadliest terrorist attack in U.S. history, killing 2,996 people, the September 11th attacks of 2001. But before we sit down and listen to George Bush tell us a childhood tale, you can reach out to us on all social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And lest we forget, the official website. Of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, www.hushhushsociety.com, where you can find all of our debriefings from day one, declassified discussions, cryptid chronicles, read our blogs, check out some news, as well as leaving a wonderful review. We love those reviews, Hushlings, and don't think that Frank was going to let you forget to purchase the drippage, the drippiest of the drip, the Hush Hush Apparel. You can find that on hushhushsociety.com. 
Also, our Patreon is live. You can sign up for the Hushtronaut tier at $3 or the Hushling tier at $5. Our Patreon is pretty rad. We have the Frank Factor, just Frank and myself, some monthly news, check it out, as well as Mike verbatim reading porn to you. So should be a lot of fun. Listen, it's a little more tasteful than porn, David. Sensual. It's my, it's my sweet velvety voice telling you about cocks and balls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, this is... Yeah, you can listen listen to Mystery Mike's sweet sensual voice of erotic tales. And as we are in December, we are in our second month of Patreon, so two of each of our new segments, along with a couple other things. So be sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash hush hush society. And lastly, remember that our live show and debriefing 40 is going to be streaming on Facebook on Monday, January 10th, 2022. Where the hell has time gone? Jesus. We are going to explore Agenda 21 and infiltrate the Skull and Bones. We're going to recap Season 3, touch on our whole first year, and much, much more. It's going to be pretty exciting. And if you're not sure about Facebook Live, you just go on Facebook, search up groups. You find the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour podcast group. You join it and... On the 10th of January, you join us there and you'll listen to our voices live, 7 p.m. Eastern. Well, gentlemen, let's continue where we left off with part one of 9-11. Let's get back into the collapse of World Trade Center 1 and 2. The cores of both of the towers consisted of three distinct sections. Above and below the impact floors, the cores consisted of what were essentially two rigid boxes. The steel in these sections was undamaged and had undergone no significant heating. The section between them, however, had sustained significant damage, and though they were not hot enough to melt it, the fires were weakening the structural steel. Was it though? Was it weakening the structural steel? As a result, the core columns were slowly being crushed from the weight of the floors above. As the top section tried to move downward, however, the hat truss redistributed the load to the perimeter columns, and the perimeter columns and floors were also being weakened by the heat from the fires. As the floors began to sag, they pulled the exterior walls inwards, resulting in a total progressive collapse. Before we move on, Mm. we're not engineers here no no speak for yourself dave to kind of put it into perspective at least this is the way that i've seen buildings built you have the elevator shafts of buildings and elevator shafts of buildings are situated directly in the center and they're used kind of as the spine of a building when they're building uh, floor by floor the elevator shafts themselves have structural steel support beams that are a part of them that build the core of the building. And then they talk about how the stress was put onto the outside. So think of like the skin of the building, that structural steel being the outside, and that had to bear the weight of the top floors above it because the structural core had collapsed or was weakening. So it's kind of a destruction from the inside out. 
During the crashdown phase, the upper block destroyed the structure below in a progressive series of column failures, roughly one story at a time. After the columns buckled, the block was once again unsupported and fell through the distance of that story, again impacting the columns of the story below, which then buckled in the same way, resulting in a pancake collapse. The process accelerated throughout, and by the end, each story was being crushed in less than a tenth of a second. That's crazy. Sounds like free fall. Yeah, less than tenth of a second. You can't even react to that. So ten floors a second. About. Ten floors a second. Wow. Well, I mean, we watched it real time happen. No, it was down quick. Yeah, a couple seconds. The speed at which it fell is uh, very questionable. To say the least. But the overall narrative of weakening steel beams and stuff like that is kind of, I don't know, it's hard for me to believe. You have experience in construction. Yeah, I wasn't a steel worker or anything, so I, I'm not sure of like structural Mystery steel. Mystery Mike worked with wood. But at the same time, like to weaken that inner core, and that core is not just steel, that core is also concrete. Yeah. And it's encased in concrete. I don't know. Little things that are uh, very questionable, especially when it comes to the actual collapse of the towers. Also noted is the time in which it was burning before the collapse. What did we say? The first tower was burning 46 minutes or something? The North Tower collapsed at 1028 after burning for 102 minutes, and the South Tower collapsed at 959 a.m., burning for only 56 minutes. So you have about an hour and a half and under an hour. For two buildings, for their steel to become structurally unstable due to fire. Granted, where the South Tower was obviously hit was a corner of the building lower floors than the North Tower. So it does make sense that the building would last, realistically, it's only, what, 10 minutes? 10, 20 minutes longer? It's really weird to think about that. The South Tower was hit on the 80th floor or something like that, and then the North Tower was hit a little bit higher it's only a matter of less than a half hour or so between both buildings. The timing is really what I question in this entire narrative. Not only the timing, what's got me pondering this, they were burning for different amounts of times before the towers collapsed. Not only that, but the planes struck in different areas of the towers. So what are the actual odds of both buildings collapsing in the same manner? In a total freefall? In a total free fall, yeah. Like we said, they were hit in different portions of the towers. One hit the corner, and they burned for different amounts of time. So if anything, the one that went through the middle would have affected that structural steel core. At least yeah. the elevator core, yeah. Yeah, as far as the one that went a little off to the side, I'm not sure. That would have definitely weakened the exterior walls, for sure, on two sides of the building. I don't know if it would have taken the steel out i mean i'm sure it would have depending on speed and the weight of the jet and all that stuff there was definitely structural damage it boils down to the age-old question when it comes to 9-11 does fire really melt steel beams or create so much damage to them that it makes them structurally inefficient what people don't think about is we're talking about the weight on steel beams on a normal level now if you're weakening them with the weight of extra things, just arbitrary things like copy machines, desks, people, the weight of everything that's on each floor. Think about it. Well, they were 757s. Yeah. That's a big fucking plane. 
full fuel load from Boston to New York. That's not a lot of fuel burn. Full passengers, luggage, mad weight. They were fucking cruising less than a couple thousand feet above the ground. All I'm trying to get at is like what I'm imagining is, right? You have two Jenga towers, all right? Even if you were to pull the blocks in the same exact places, say not in a perfect scenario, but in a controlled environment where you were like performing some sort of experiment, if you were to pull blocks from each tower in the same place at the same time, what are the odds that those two Jenga towers are going to fall in the exact same manner? Now you've got these different variables of where the planes hit and where the jet fuel leaked and where the fire started and how long they burned for yet both towers fall in this free fall manner. What are the odds? And on top of it, the south tower almost looks like it corrected itself. It dipped down towards the east and then almost corrects itself downward, which is very strange. Let's divert a little bit to the other flights. Let's talk about American Airlines 77. Flight 77 was a Boeing 757 aircraft and it departed from Washington Dulles International Airport at 8.20 a.m. en route to Los Angeles with a crew of six and 53 passengers, not including five hijackers. The hijackers flew the plane into the western facade of the Pentagon in Arlington County, Virginia at 9.37 a.m. 125 Pentagon workers died when Flight 77 crashed into the building's western side. 70 were civilians and 55 were military personnel, many of whom worked for the United States Army or the United States Navy. The Army lost 47 civilian employees, 6 civilian contractors, and 22 soldiers, while the Navy lost 6 civilian employees, 3 civilian contractors, and 33 sailors. The Pentagon was weird because I could have sworn as a kid, as a freshman in high school, that I saw that thing happen live. There's only like one little piece of footage where you can see, and it's a couple frames. The explosion, right? You see something in the way and then boom, just fire. Now, some say that a missile hit or rather just an explosion occurred at the Pentagon, yet there is most likely no doubt what hit the Pentagon was an airplane despite the lack of footage of the crash. Remember, a lot of accounting offices in the Pentagon were blown up as well as accounting offices based in New York in the World Trade Center that were demolished. Let's also keep in mind that of the 125 people that were killed in the Pentagon crash, many of them were ironically accountants, which is extremely suspect after all that money went missing the day before. Hmm, head scratch, head scratch. Head scratch, head We scratch. did say, what was it? Donald Rumsfeld revealed that $2.3 was missing from the Pentagon. So let's take a look at the Pentagon crash. There's a lot of things that people talk about when it comes to the Pentagon crash, and most would say it's probably the most questionable part of the events that happened on 9-11. You have this very grainy footage. Uh, most of the security cameras were either taken out or were not operational on the side of where this plane hit. The little bit of film that they showed, they did analyze and supposedly they looked at the original footage that was part of the CCTVs at the Pentagon versus the footage that was shown in the news. And they went on to show that there was like three to nine frames or something like that within that realm that were missing from the footage that was sent to the media outlets. All the video that we saw from the Pentagon of that moment of the explosion, there are actually frames within that film that are missing in the official narrative film. 
which is sus. Yeah, maybe maybe because a plane didn't hit the Pentagon. I don't want to take away from our final thoughts, but do you guys really think that the Pentagon got hit by a fucking missile or a smaller plane than a 757? No, as I alleged? think that it was rigged with fucking bombs. Didn't you have to explain the scar? I would say it's a cruise missile. You think a cruise missile? In all honesty, if you look at plane crashes in general, just go and look at many planes that have either crashed into buildings or crashed into the ground or whatever. You will always see fuselages. You will see the wings. That's what I'm saying. Find me one piece of a plane in one of these pictures. So when you look at the film and the pictures of the Pentagon being hit, another thing that a lot of conspiracy theorists will point out is that the light poles in front of the building, in front of where the building was hit, are intact. And if you had a 757... It would have been whacked. Exactly. If you had a 757 with its wingspan flying that low, coming in at that angle to hit the Pentagon, then those light poles would have been taken out. And also a 757 is not necessarily a small plane. You would have found a fuselage. You would have found, like I said, those parts of a plane. They would have found luggage, people. Anything. Anything. Yeah. If you really look at the photos of the Pentagon hit, there's no debris from a fucking plane there. Not only that, I'm looking at a picture right now. A 757 is significantly wider than the crater that was opened up into the Pentagon. There is a wing scar. It might not be a wing scar. It might just be a secondary explosion off. Yeah, on one half of the rubble. On the other half, it's completely level. It looks like somebody took a, a cake knife and cut into the building. Yeah. And then partially collapse. The thing that gets me with that is, I guess, in 2001, we didn't know any better. We're, what, seven years into the inception of fucking the internet? And we didn't know any better. And all those pictures of them, oh, here's landing gear. Here's a piece of an engine. Here's some of this. Here's some of that. Was it all bullshit? Was it fabricated photography? That remains to be seen. You got to think, if we're dealing with a major cover-up or a major false flag that was performed by the government, they seemingly had every angle of this covered. That's going to be one of the biggest things, is if you look at the Pentagon, from when the news was there and when they were taking aerial photography of the building, there was no airplane debris. There was none. And then they go and they show, there is debris. Oh, look at these photos. There's photos of plane debris here that you can see. I don't know. Like I said, if we were dealing with a cover-up from the government, I feel like they would have covered those bases. Somebody would say, hey, where is the debris from this 757? And they would say, oh, here's the photographic evidence of all the things that we took into evidence and all the, all the things that we had to analyze to deal with this crash. That stuff easily could have been altered or fabricated. If you're looking at the pictures right now, right? Most of the pictures have the fire trucks posted out front. If you take into comparison the size of the fire trucks with the size of the rubble in the impact area, you would think you would see some airplane. Just taking the proportions into mind, you would see some airplane. Those those are big planes, and that's not that big of a crash site. You got to look at the size. You got to look at the damage, the shape of the damage. It's it's a lot to take in when you're looking at the photos of the Pentagon damage. But what it lacks is evidence that there is a plane that went through this building. I personally don't see it. I guess what we're saying is that if the Pentagon had a missile, then the World Trade Center was coordinated and faked as well. I don't know if it would be faked. 
but coordinated. Coordinated, yes. Coordinated, it would have to be coordinated. But then again, let's say that the planes definitely didn't take down the buildings. Then you need the planes to justify the fact that the building fell. So that definitely yeah. needs to be a coordinated effort. And if it was a false flag, who knows if either the terrorists were working together with whoever was really behind the plot of the whole thing or if there were terrorists at all on the plane who knows honestly i was just gonna say that what about the people it's all questionable when it comes down to it i'm not saying that there weren't people because there's black box recordings of the passengers on the plane like fighting back against some of the terrorists that would be united 93 what we'll get into. They made a movie off of it way too soon. But there's black box recordings of the World Trade Center planes. But do we know of any black box recordings of the one that hit the Pentagon? Mm. I've never no, heard of it. There was no plane. Mm. There's some photos out there, Hushlings, if you're looking to really dive deep in, into especially the Pentagon aspect of the entire attack. There's photos that people have taken of the entire damage and they superimpose the size of a 757 over the photo to show you the wings would have gone through here. You would have noticed the wings. Point blank, if you would have had the size of that plane hit that building, the wings would have destroyed the lawn. The angle of the other wing, supposed other wing scar, you would have ripped up the whole lawn, knocked out light poles. Yeah, if it was completely vertical, one wing up to the sky and one wing down to the ground, yeah, then yeah, it would have completely scarred up the lawn. Yeah, absolutely. You could also look at it from the point of view of what angle did this plane hit the building? Did it come nose down? Did it come nose horizontally versus vertically? Well, it definitely came in horizontally if it was a plane. It did come in horizontally. It shows on the, the Pentagon footage, you can see the little blip of whatever went through those frames and hit the building, that it did come in horizontally. Now, another thing to question is the flight capability of the pilot or the terrorist that took over the craft. And the aircraft. Can a Boeing 757 make a maneuver that close to the ground? Exactly. That's a tough target. Yeah. Death Star type shit. It's also questionable why that particular part of the building was hit. Well, it's the accounting side. From a terrorist point of view. Let's say that there was a terrorist. There is plane. Okay. Why... Did they decide on that being the spot that they were going to crash into? You only have five sides to pick from. And let's just say, for simplicity's sake, they were going towards that way anyway, right? That would make the most sense. Heading towards that wing anyway. But then you add up the coincidence that the majority of that area of the building is accounting, right? Well, that's where you get the conspiracy. But then you look at the World Trade Center and you're like, well, that's the way they were traveling. That's the way they were moving. I mean, obviously not the South Tower. The South Tower, they had to turn around and come up from the South. Hmm. And they ended up hitting the Southern side of the building. But with the North Tower, they came in from the North, which is where they were coming from, from Boston. That makes sense to just hit wherever but the Pentagon is probably one of the most fishiest parts of this entire situation, just because the lack of footage, there's clear damage. But the biggest thing that I said before is the photography. You see pictures of a wheel or an engine, but we never got anything about luggage, anything like that. I mean, you, they found so much people's luggage, everything from the planes in the World Trade Center that blew through the buildings even before the buildings fucking collapsed. Yeah. That's another thing that we'll eventually have to get into, I'm sure, 
is the debris that they found within the Trade Center planes. One of the biggest things that I thought of, we were actually discussing this the other day, is the mysterious passports of the attackers <laughs> that survived through the fire and the building collapse. And somehow they found them. Both of them. Two of them. And one looked pretty good. You can look them up online, the two passports that they found of the terrorists. We posted a meme. We did post. And you can see they're both in enough reasonable shape to see the person's face, even read some of the details of the passport. Next time that you go get your new passport renewed, ask them for the fireproof one. Absolutely. We also have United Airlines Flight 93, a Boeing 757 aircraft, departed Newark International Airport at 8.42 en route to San Francisco with a crew of seven and 33 passengers, not including four hijackers. As passengers attempted to subdue the hijackers, the aircraft crashed into near Shanksville, Pennsylvania at 10.03 a.m. So this one's wild for me because the conspiracy for United 93 is that it got shot down by military aircraft. That's the big conspiracy because, again, like the Pentagon, the lack of debris. There was definitely a hole in the ground. There was not much going on in Shanksville. Well, with that being said, why would the U.S. military shoot down this plane if they were behind the attacks, allegedly? That's kind of what we're hinting at. So why would they shoot down this plane? Legitimacy. But it's not a legitimate fact that they shot it down. That's a conspiracy. What we've gotten through in the last debriefing is that there was a breakdown in communication when it comes to the powers that be. And if there was a terrorist attack and our government capitalized on that, as we said before, as a, quote, false flag incident, then maybe that's what we're dealing with. But there clearly was a terrorist part to it. Because the only way that the U.S. military would shoot down a commercial aircraft is that if that aircraft had threat to do more damage to what actually happened. Yeah, but it's not public knowledge that the U.S. military shot it down. That's not the official story. And they already took out four buildings. Yeah, four. Who's to know how many more planes had these, if there was a full-blown terrorist plot? had these people on the planes and they didn't go through with them because there's definitely a list of buildings and cities that were definitely targeted where do you guys think this plane was going i think the biggest consensus was the capitol building or the white house i think those were the, the biggest consensus heard. of this i would say somewhere in dc yeah definitely dc there was probably going to be a two and two two and two smack there was probably a couple more planes that were probably if those failed they probably had backups Hmm. That question in itself really makes you wonder how widespread the actual plot was. If you take into account that there were more planes or there were more teams of hijackers that were going to take over more planes, how many more were there? How much worse could this have been? We do have a debriefing coming up hmm. in the next couple of months, which talks more about post 9-11. Stay tuned, Hushlings. Let's go a little deeper. Let's talk about the question that the planes didn't even exist that the planes were digital composites or CGI inserted into real video or as 3D hologram or projected images using advanced technology not known to the public at the time. We did talk about this in our first debriefing with the Philadelphia Experiment, Hushlings. 
this whole thing goes along with holograms and that whole part of the conspiracy is that people believe also that there was hologram technology that took place on the day and the witnesses that saw the planes hit the towers didn't actually see planes they were seeing holograms that were projected onto the buildings or in front of the buildings between cgi and hologram technology there's some people that really believe that this did not happen there were no planes it still doesn't explain the people that got injured on the ground from plane parts. That's the only part that, that gets you a little bit like, oh, well, you know, if these are fake, then why did somebody get fucking shredded by a landing gear that fell off of the... Because it was already inside the building, obviously. Oh, they planted it under Bob's desk. Somebody pushed it out of the building. Yeah, somebody just shoved it out. They heave! Yeah. And they just all pushed it out at the same time. Crazy contraption with marbles and dominoes to relinquish the landing gear out of the floors. Some of the evidence for CGI and hologram technology really reverts back to a lot of the foot, the video footage and people really tearing it apart and looking at it frame by frame. A few of the points that people have made regarding CGI or hologram technology is that if you look at the left wing of the plane during one of these clips, it mysteriously disappears as the plane approached the building. So they wonder if maybe there was smoke from the previous plane that might have blocked out the holographic projection of the plane so that's uh that's that's a thing <laughs> now okay so huh. i i don't want to take away from that point whatsoever but i just had a little um side thought were there just cameras fixated on the world trade center for like 24 7 well, the World Trade Center is a, was an international thing for people to come see. I took pictures of it at probably 11 o'clock in the morning one morning when I was there the last time that I was there. I'm sure you did as well as every other tourist, but were there cameras fixated on the buildings 24-7? Like, what, what are the odds that the residents of New York City were just, I, I don't know. The video in itself, who's just filming the towers just because? You're talking about film that was taken of the first plane hitting? Yeah. One might have been a weather camera from another high-rise. Okay, okay. World Trade, or not World Trade, not, uh, like Empire State Building or Chrysler Building or something like that. You got to remember, they're in the middle of Metro New York. My thought process was I didn't know what the camera situation looked like in 2001. At least the North Tower was probably a either surveillance weather camera on top of another high rise because clearly the height of the first initial footage or traffic camera from a helicopter. Yeah, or a helicopter. But clearly the stuff, the South Tower, the initial footage of that was obviously the news footage or the same footage that was looking at the North Tower or people on the ground. There's a very famous video footage of a guy with a camcorder that's looking up at the World Trade Center, obviously because the North Tower is already burning. Mm -hmm. So mm. people are going to be looking at that. Yeah, yeah. Holograms is a weird thing for me. I would feel really shitty about myself because I got duped. Hushlings, we will return after these brief messages. Greetings, Hushlings. I'm Declassified Dave. I'm Slick Frank Sanders. And I'm Mystery Mike. Take the stage with us as we investigate a hypothetical club in which famous musicians, actors, and artists have all passed away at the age of 27, many of them living a high-risk lifestyle with drugs and alcohol throughout their young rise to fame. We'll look into the lives and deaths of celebrities like Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, and more. 
Join the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour on Monday, December 27th for Debriefing 39, The 27 Club. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. There's more evidence that people who believe in this conspiracy put forward. They talk about how there is no shadow of the plane on the building itself before the plane hit. So you see that there is a strong source of light coming from the sun, obviously because it was a beautiful day out. There's actually footage of the Today Show talking about how much of a beautiful day it was in September. It was a bright day, but there was no shadow that was cast on the building itself from the planes when the video evidence is really looked through. One of these pieces of evidence that I found particularly intriguing is that you can see that none of the smoke-filled air after the first plane had hit, you can see that none of the smoke in the air is disturbed when the second plane comes through to hit the South Tower. That would be the biggest piece of evidence then. If it's a 767, I think the 767 hit the South Tower. The 767 is a, is a big plane. It's traveling at 500 something miles an hour and you have these huge engines and obviously it's gonna create some sort of draft and if it goes through the smoke of the already building fire of the tower next door, then you would notice that the smoke was disturbed when that plane went through it or by it. The problem with that is the South Tower was hit at least 24s below and the smoke was billowing above the North Tower. Still, you're dealing with a 757, that thing's moving air. There was no smoke at the level of where that building hit or where that plane hit in that building at that time. There was no smoke. It was a clear day. All the smoke from the North Tower was billowing above the building and the crash site, which was on the opposite side of the South Tower where it was hit and above. And there was no smoke and no thick smoke, at least. I mean, that's the only thing you can see. Like you, you can watch the one guy with the camcorder from the ground that took the South Tower video of that thing hitting zero smoke absolute clear skies the smoke thing for me absolute bullshit argument the smoke was billowing to the side but also it like you said it was above above yeah there's this really fucking terrifying picture of the north tower is burning and in the background you see the plane heading for the south tower yeah you see the plane coming in yeah and if you find this photo online it's pretty easy just look up world trade center 9-11 if you see this photo you do see that the smoke from the north tower is going up and away and this plane is far below that it's going up to the southwest of the building I just want to clarify something. I have a quick question. You are mentioning that the smoke was not disturbed while we're talking about CGI and fake airplanes. Are you suggesting that the proponents of CGI airplanes are saying that the smoke was also CGI? Uh, what are you suggesting here? In certain areas? The smoke is there. That it wasn't disturbed because the plane was CGI? Yeah, the plane was CGI, so because the plane was CGI, it didn't disturb the air around it. All right, just wanted to Therefore clarify. Therefore, not disturbing the smoke. Makes sense. I think it's a bullshit argument. On to one of, uh, one of the most questionable conundrums of September 11th. That would be World Trade Center Building 7. As the North Tower collapsed, heavy debris hit 7 World Trade Center, damaging the south face of the building and starting fires that continued to burn throughout the afternoon, as well as major damage to the southwest corner between floor 7 and 17 and the roof. 
Other possible structural damage included a large vertical gash near the center of the south face between floors 24 and 41. After the North Tower collapsed, some firefighters entered Seven World Trade Center to search the building. They attempted to extinguish small pockets of fire, but low water pressure hindered their efforts. Some believe Building 7 was a controlled demolition like the towers. Building 7 was very hairy. The way that it fell, how late it fell, and ultimately it collapsed at 5.20 p.m., which is a whole workday later <laughs> than when the towers collapsed. We do have to think about why they would demolish the building in this plot though. Some of the tenants within the building were Solomon Smith Barney, a massive financial institution that owns banks like Citibank with a whopping 1.2 million square feet inside that building. There was also the Secret Service, the Internal Revenue Service, those dirty bastards, and Hartford Insurance, and the CIA was on the 25th floor. Timing, timing, timing. Get rid of all that paperwork, baby. A lot of people, when they look at World Trade Center 7, they negate the fact that that building also looks like it was pulled down in a controlled demolition, complete free fall. And they will negate that. They'll say, no, that never happened. No, that never happened. Well, you are uninspired and uninformed because in an interview with PBS for America Rebuilds in 2004, the World Trade Center Building 7 owner and Twin Towers leaseholder Larry Silverstein said, and quote, I remember getting a call from the fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they were going to be able to contain the fire. And I said, we've had such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is pull it. And they made that decision to pull. And then we watched the building collapse. So in a 2004 interview, the owner of the building admits that was a controlled demolition. Now, if you look at the collapse of the towers, if you look at the collapse of World Trade Center 7, World Trade Center 7, as we said, is a controlled demolition. How would you have a controlled demolition if it wasn't predetermined? They all look exactly the same. Uh, a burning building. Yep. How do you control, demolish a burning building? The way that the World Trade Center should have fallen, especially the South Tower, the top of that building should have broke off and fell off to the left or fell off to the east. You're talking about where it got hit on the side. Yeah, that, that's where it would be structurally damaged. You're bringing gravity into the situation, and you got to remember that gravity doesn't exist. Gravity's not real. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's my beef with the whole controlled demolition of World Trade Center 7. You don't just go, okay, bring the building down. And then they go in there, and they, and they set things up, and then they go. <laughs> they couldn't even get in the building. Not only that, but people don't realize that it takes a long time to plan a controlled demolition of a building. You have to find the structural weak points. You have to find these are the beams that we're going to blow out. This is where we're going to do because you want the building to implode on itself, not explode. Yeah. Especially a building that's 50 fucking stories. Exactly. In the middle of Manhattan. All the people that would say like, oh yeah, okay, I understand, you know, if he just wanted to, oh, we're just going to pull the building just down the plug. and make sure nobody else gets hurt, clear the area, just get the building out of the way. Well, guess what? They would have needed more than a day to figure out where to place those charges, where to bring that building down so that it implodes on itself into its own footstep. And on top of it, hiding that while the building was operationally had 50 floors of tenants in it. Yeah. It's the same thing with the Trade Center. It would take us an entire season to get through 
in all the facts, all the things that we would want to talk about. There are so many things that happened that I've heard over the last 20 years of my life where there were like random shutdowns with security and stuff in the World Trade Center where they could have had lapses, where they could have put those charges. But this would have taken months for them to hide that from thousands of people that work in those buildings. There was also Silverstein's quote and say that he was talking about not necessarily pulling the building, meaning like pull it down, but pulling firefighters out of World Trade Center 7. Forget it. It's not. It's a lost cause. But this whole thing contradicts what the FEMA report on WTC 7 says, which in that report, it says that there was no manual firefighting happening within WTC 7 at that time. Really? They didn't let them in the building. Mm -hmm. I remember every time that I would hear the accounts of interviews of some of these firefighters and they would say, we got near it. They told us to get away from it. We got near it. They told us to get away from it. They never let them in. And if they did, it was probably a few, if that. Suspect. Very sus. We're getting into the nitty gritty now. Another conspiracy dives into the use of thermite. Molten steel found in the rubble was evidence of explosives as an ordinary airplane fire would not generate enough heat to produce this, citing photographs of red debris being removed by construction equipment. Yet, if there had been any molten steel in the rubble, any excavation equipment encountering it would have been immediately damaged. Spitting straight facts there, Mystery Mike. To follow you up, sampling of the pulverized dust by United States Geological Survey and R.J. Lee did not report any evidence of thermite or explosives. It has been theorized that the, quote, thermite material found was primer paint. What? Yeah, good one. Dave Thomas of Skeptical Inquirer magazine noted that the residue in question was claimed to be thermite because of its iron oxide and aluminum composition. He pointed out that these substances are found in many items common to the towers. Well then. It's just primer mm. paint. Move on. <laughs> My only talking point when it comes to thermite and a controlled demolition is if you look at the beams of the building debris, you can see that the beams are cut on a 45 degree angle, which is common use when you're using thermite to cut through steel. Oh, come on. Hmm. There's pictures that you can see of pieces of steel that are coming out of the ground where the towers went down, and this structural steel is cut at a 45 degree angle, which is done with thermite or plasma torch or, you know, some sort of tool or substance that could cut through the steel. Very interesting. Rather direct of you. I'm just pointing out things that I see. That's it. That's why we're here. Can jet fuel melt steel beams? The National Institute of Standards and Technology reported that after the day of the attacks, major media sources published that the towers had collapsed due to the heat melting steel. The claim that the combustion temperature of jet fuel could not melt steel contributed to the belief among skeptics that the towers would not have collapsed without external interference. The basic claim is false because the combustion temperature of kerosene, aka jet fuel, is in fact more than 932 degrees Fahrenheit higher than the melting point of structural steel, which is 3800 degrees Fahrenheit. Are we saying that the combustion temperature of jet fuel is higher than the melting point of steel? But we're talking a flashpoint explosion. When that explosion does happen, 
it's 900 to 1000 degrees higher. We're talking about the combustion point inside the engine. That combustion point of, I would say, an explosion of the fuselage once it hits the building. But the resulting fire is not that hot. No, it's the fuel that's inside the building. I guess it really all depends on how fast that kerosene burns off or that jet fuel burns off. And where it went in the building. Yeah. There are accounts that there were major explosions and people could smell the jet fuel in the lobby of the building too. What's the fuel hold of a 757? A lot. It's like thousands of gallons, right? Probably. They got some pretty big hoses to fuel them up, so probably. So a 757 holds 11,276 gallons of gasoline. Damn. And like you stated earlier, Dave, they had left from Boston. So Boston to New York. Hour flight. Yeah, let's say even they went through a couple hundred gallons. There's still yeah. a plenty of jet fuel to spread around that Especially building. when that was a direct flight to Los Angeles. They were running on a full tank. Something you can't do in 2021. How about them prices, boys? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy theorists often make the claim that, quote, secondary explosions were reported in the World Trade Center buildings after the plane crashes. In the 2014 David Hooper film, The Anatomy of a Great Deception, Hooper makes the extraordinary and mostly inaccurate claim that such secondary explosions at random times are routine in a controlled demolition, and at the 28-minute mark of the film, it shows dust-covered and bloodied firefighters being interviewed by a news reporter. The reporter asks, was that a secondary explosion? To which the firefighters reply, yes, it was. Yes, it definitely was a secondary explosion. I've seen that video and that interview, and those firefighters are completely convinced that they heard explosions. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I've seen those videos. And they're firefighters. That's their job. Yeah. Trustworthy people. Definitely accounts of people saying that they heard secondary explosions. Which is sus. It's like if you look at the film footage of the towers collapsing themselves, you can see certain floors well below the collapsing points blowing out the windows, and people would yeah. say those are explosions. You could argue that that's air pressure. There would be structural engineers that would say, well, that's the pressure from the top floors collapsing onto the bottom floors, and then the bottom floors giving way. And Sounds like a pile of horseshit to me. There's so many things to it. I would imagine it wouldn't take much to put those buildings down when it comes to secondary explosions. Once you already weaken the main structure of the building, especially on a higher level. The only thing that gets me about the secondary explosions being real is that there are very select areas where you see those blowouts. Hmm. And if it was full air pressure, you would see windows on all sides. Just blah, 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 blah. Just yeah, but out. it only pops on a certain corner or... Yeah, that's the only thing that's suspect. I'm sure if anybody was so so inclined, they could really take a look at natural building collapses. Look at videos of actual controlled demolitions versus buildings that collapse for structural issues. Like earthquakes. Yeah, like really look at it. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take the time to do it personally, but I'm sure if you're so inclined, you could go down that rabbit hole and just look at controlled demolition videos and there was a blowout of these floors and it fell like this and I'm sure there's a way that you can really dig deep into these things. The big problem is you don't have the reference of a building that large in a controlled demolition ever. 
This is true, but I also truly believe that if you're doing a demolition on a building, it kind of has to be done in itself. When they talk about controlled demolition, that's why you make a building implode. You make a building implode so that it falls in on itself. If a building explodes, if there's some sort of structural damage done to a building and it falls because of that structural damage, it tends to lean to one side or it tends mm -hmm. to collapse halfway. It's not a complete fall within its footprint in a perfect straight down manner. Especially in a place like Manhattan. But if you look at the tower videos of them collapsing, I mean, they come straight down straight fucking straight down straight down there is no leaning there's even photos of the building falling and people are probably 10 blocks away and able to just walk away from the dust cloud if that was a naturally falling building i feel like it would have went down one of those avenue ways or something yeah yeah all right well let's get into the 911 commission report this is where it all went down, where they investigated all the things we've been talking about it. Now, while testifying before the 9-11 Commission in April 2004, then Attorney General John Ashcroft recalled that, quote, the single greatest structural cause for the September 11th problem was the wall that segregated or separated criminal investigators and intelligence agencies. Hmm. Clark also wrote, quote, there were failures to get information to the right place at the right time, end quote. The commission interviewed over 1,200 people in 10 different countries and reviewed over 2.5 million pages of documents, including some closely guarded classified national security documents. The commission also relied heavily on the FBI's pent bomb investigation before it was released by the commission. The final public report was screened for any potentially classified information and edited as necessary. Ooh, you said edited as necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Y you know how these government documents work. Come on. Get your Sharpies ready, boys. Yeah. <laughs> redact! 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 <laughs> <laughs> After releasing the report, Commission Chair Thomas Keene declared that both Presidents Bill Clinton and George W. Bush were not well served by the FBI and CIA. <laughs> In addition to identifying intelligence failures occurring before the attacks, the report provided evidence of the following. Airport security footage of the hijackers as they passed through airport security. Excerpts from the United Airlines Flight 93 cockpit voice recording, which recorded the sounds of the hijackers in the cockpit and the passengers' attempts to regain control. Eyewitness testimony of passengers as they described their own final moments to family members and authorities on air phones and cell phones from the cabins of doomed airliners. Fuck, man. That's sad and super fucking scary at the same time. Yeah. See, that's another thing, too is that there were many phone calls. If they're gonna fabricate these and bullshit the names and fake this, fake that, it's morbid. That's real dark, if that's the case. Let's say that these people really, I hate to even say that, but like, let's say these people didn't exist. Okay, you have their family mm. members who are left behind. Did you pay the family members to say that a certain family member was on the plane that died that didn't actually exist? Did you pay all these people or are these people crisis actors, whatever the case may be? Did you have these people come on and, and talk to the media and explain these relationships that they had with people that weren't real? That's pretty widespread obviously it's not beyond the reach of the government or what they would do but that's huge that that would be 
I, I mean, if that were ever found out, God. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case either, but it's, it's almost unfathomable. But you can imagine that the government would do something like that. Yeah, I could. I got one question. How the fuck do these people make these phone calls in 2001 on the cell phone technology I thought the in 2001? Same thing. We were on a plane this year and I couldn't use my phone the whole time. <laughs> I've never made a cell phone call on a plane. I've gotten the occasional shit Wi-Fi that I got or either paid for, but I've never been able to make a phone call. It's 2021 and they still make you put your phone in, in airplane, airplane mode. mode. Yeah. You're going to ruin the navigation systems. Put it in airplane mode. <laughs> In 2001, cell phones were fucking car phones. Well, maybe they had landlines inside of the plane. What big tech doesn't want you to know is that cell phone technology was better in 2001 than it is now in 2021. <laughs> Just like the moon landings when they lost their technology, right? Unfortunately, Hushlings, we have to get to some of the statistics of 9-11. At least 200 people fell or jumped to their deaths from the burning towers which was probably one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen in my entire life, by far. Some occupants in each tower above the point of impact made their way toward the roof in hopes of a helicopter rescue, but the roof access doors were locked. Now, they did try to attempt this in 1993. The same type of roof evacuation? Yeah, and those people, I don't think they got anybody off on the roof there. But they didn't blow up the building in 93, yeah. No, they blew it up from the basement there, yeah. A total of 411 emergency workers died as they tried to rescue people and fight fires. The New York City Fire Department lost 343 firefighters, including a chaplain and two paramedics. The New York City Police Department lost 23 officers. The Port Authority Police Department lost 37 officers, 8 EMTs, and paramedics died. And there's still the people that worked on the rubble and on the debris and clearing all that stuff out post the attacks. And a lot of those people are coming up with lung cancer and mm -hmm. a lot of things to do with stuff that they were breathing in around the debris. The death toll of 2001 actually continues to this day. It continues to this day. And I think a lot of people, even probably people that had just been on the street, not even helping in the rubble, were affected by it because of the stuff that they breathe in. In the aftermath of the attacks, tens of thousands of people attempted to flee Afghanistan due to the possibility of military retaliation by the United States, which inevitably happened. Most recently, we saw our country pull out of Afghanistan and another attempt on mass fleeing the country. Approximately one month after the attacks, the United States led a broad coalition of international forces to overthrow the Taliban regime from Afghanistan for their harboring of al-Qaeda and suspect number one, Osama bin Laden. In the days immediately following the attacks, many memorials and vigils were held around the world, and photographs of the dead and missing were posted around Ground Zero. The Sphere by German sculptor Fritz Koenig stood between the Twin Towers on the Austin J. Tobin Plaza of the World Trade Center in New York City from 1971 until 2001. The sculpture weighing more than 20 tons was the only remaining work of art to be recovered, largely intact from the ruins of the collapse. And on August 16th, 2017, the work was reinstated and installed in Liberty Park. That's crazy that that thing survived. It was in the dead center of the courtyard of both those towers. Pretty amazing, nonetheless. One of the first memorials was the Tribute in Light, an installation of 88 searchlights at the footprints of the World Trade Center towers. 
In New York City, the World Trade Center site memorial competition was held to design an appropriate memorial on the site. The winning design, Reflecting Absence, was selected in August 2006 and consists of a pair of reflecting pools in the footprints of the towers, surrounded by a list of the victims' names in an underground memorial space. The memorial was completed on September 11, 2011. A museum was also opened on the site on May 21st of 2014. I have never been able to go. That's where I was trying to go when I had to pay $24 to go over the same bridge three times. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Again yeah, yeah. and again and again. And again. again. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> A little something different for the end of this debriefing. I wanted to talk about a Reddit conspiracy. Because if you go on to the Reddit conspiracy uh, subreddits, you come across some very interesting things. And I just wanted to explore something that was brought up within one of these subreddits. The basic premise is that globalists signaled 9-11 when they built a 2001 monolith opposite the World Trade Center in 1992. If you look at it, in 1992, they built the Millennium Hilton Hotel in New York opposite the Twin Towers. And it looks exactly like the monolith from the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. If you've never seen it, it's a Stanley Kubrick film. You should probably take a look at it. It's pretty interesting. It makes a good point that maybe Stanley Kubrick uh, filmed the moon landing. Anyways, the movie was also released in 1968, which was the same year of construction that started the Twin Towers. So 1968, the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey, and also the beginning of the Twin Towers construction. And obviously in 92, they built the monolith opposite the Twin Towers, and that was supposedly signaling both the date and location of the 9-11 attack. They even signaled the month it would happen when the Millennium Hilton Hotel opened in September of 1992. Then it further goes on to, hushlings if you're really into like uh, numerology and stuff like that, breaks down monolith and 2001 and the 56 floors and it goes on and on and on. And then they talk about how the Millennium site was occupied by AT&T until 1984 and obviously 1984 has to do with George Orwell and that blah 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 blah. There's a lot to it. Well, that's a deep one, man. Yeah, yeah. That goes, that goes many layers. Yeah. If you look at the hotel, the Millennium Hilton Hotel, it does look like a monolith. That's really the only correlation that I see in this conspiracy, that it did look like a monolith. That's about it. Nice. <laughs> Interesting enough, one of the sound clips that I heard when I was listening through sound clips of 9-11 was one of the bellhops from that hotel calling in to talk to the news about what he had seen. So that was kind of interesting. Lots of interesting takes. There's a lot of conspiracies out there. I think we covered the bulk of them. Let's get into our final thoughts. This has been a heavy one, heavy conspiracy. We've covered a lot of different things. Very interested to see what everybody's final thoughts are. Dave, what do you got? My final thoughts on 9-11. First and foremost, I would really hate to be duped that this was all fake fake planes, fake people, fake deaths, buildings exploded, except the people in the buildings died, a ton of shit that I really don't want to believe. But in the grand scheme of things, I think that this entire situation was one, like we said, partially false flag and mostly a breakdown in communication between the government agencies that were doing the investigating on terrorism or collectively working on it together, not very well. And that this situation definitely just snowballed until it turned into what we see on top 
of the fact there are so many questionable things that have happened. If it was just centralized at the World Trade Center, then I'd say like this is probably a shit situation. It's awful that it happened and it's a terrorist attack. But the fact that we have coordination here, here, there, and then just so many holes. 9-11 for me is probably the biggest conspiracy theory besides the moon landing and JFK. It's in my top three and it's probably and unfortunately something that we're never ever going to get the answers from. Very interesting thoughts, David. Very interesting thoughts. I would say, it would, bottom line, it would be a pretty shitty thing to think about that this was something that was fully fabricated. I would agree. I find a lot of things with the September 11th attacks very interesting. A lot of head scratching, a lot of what ifs, a lot of scenarios that could possibly be in play. I think when it boils down to it, we're talking about a false flag of the highest degree, honestly. I really do believe that a cruise missile hit the Pentagon, not a plane. And as far as the Shanksville crash, not even sure on that one. You'd really have to take a look at the photos and the evidence there. That's something else. But when it comes to the towers, I don't think that there were holographic planes. I don't think CGI was used. Don't buy into the whole um, satanic ritual to sacrifice a bunch of people, blah, 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 that a lot of people dive down that pathway. But I do believe that they had the information that they needed to possibly stop this from happening. And they did not. And if they didn't do it and they didn't know what the plot was, was and, it, and it's just a straightforward terrorist attack, no conspiracy behind it, then the CIA and FBI and everybody that was involved in the intelligence gathering leading up to 9-11 should be fucking fired and struck from the record for fucking ever. You should never work in intelligence again. It's hard to think about that your country could possibly have coordinated something like this and possibly had a helping hand in it, but it's something that you have to consider when you look at the evidence. I think it was a false flag. As far as like controlled demolitions, who knows, really, I'm not I'm not a structural engineer or anything like that, but there are the interesting 45 degree cut steel beams, there's World Trade Center 7, there is the collapse of the towers within their own footstep. It, there are some questionable things about it. And again, no, I'm, I'm no expert and demolishing buildings so if you are please reach out there's a lot of discrepancies yeah there is a lot of things that are very questionable and that's where i'll leave that and on the interesting side note uh biden president biden was supposed to declassify the u.s government evidence of 9-11 and did not and uh it even reached a point where now the families of those affected from the attacks are saying that biden is not welcome at any memorial events Excuse me, evidence of what? He was supposed to declassify the U.S. government evidence of 9-11. They want the report, they want all the evidence that was gathered during the phases of 9-11 leading up to the event, during the event, after the event, and he pretty much stonewalled them. The affected families, like, they really want to know what happened. They want to know where we failed. Slick Frog Sanders, this is a big one. Final thoughts. Final it's a big one and I'm gonna keep it simple. A plane didn't hit the Pentagon and you can't convince me otherwise. Building 7 was a controlled demolition just like the other two towers. The planes were not holograms, those were real planes and God rest the souls of every human being on that plane except for the hijackers. And lastly, Bush did 9-11. And I'll say it once more, Bush did 9-11. 
That is my final thought. Hot take from Slick Frank Sanders. That's a hot take. Bush did 9-11. Well, that's going to do it, Hushlings, for debriefing 38, our investigation of 9-11. What were your thoughts? Did we miss anything? Is there anything that we should have discussed? Oh, one more thing before we go. We did have Hushlings reach out to us regarding some of our questions in part one. We probably should have talked about it already, but we can mention it now. We had our, our Hushling Jason reach out to us. He talked to us about the subway system. He said, so the subway was stopped shortly after the second plane. His cousin was late for work across the street from the towers, and she saw the second plane, called work, and got the last train back to Brooklyn. Even after the first plane hit, the subways were still going. Very interesting stuff. I believe Dave also heard something similar from his mother. She did tell me that the trains were most likely running until the second plane hit. Crazy. Wild. Wild stuff. If there's anything that we missed, anything you want us to touch on, bring up maybe in the live show, reach out to us or on a blog post, anything that you think that we should have expanded more on, reach out to us. You can hit us up at contact at hushhushsociety.com. You can also maybe head over to our website and leave a review on these uh, series of episodes. Let us know how we did. Be sure to join us for Debriefing 39, where we will dive into the 27 Club, a hushling request, streaming everywhere Monday, December 27th. Haha, <laughs> see what we did there? And don't forget to tune in for our live show streaming on Facebook, 7 p.m., which will be our 40th debriefing on January 10th of 2022. Be there or be square. And thank you again, hushlings, for joining the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Sligary Frank Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.